Well, top of the morning to you. Uh, we are going to do our Tuesday key market drivers call for the 21st of March, uh, calling in from beautiful, sunny Arizona at the NIOP conference. So uh, we'll hopefully we'll get some good information out here that we can pass along to you on next week's call. But uh, as always, we would love to hear from you. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um. We're dealing with a lot of stuff here. For those of you who haven't seen the Bull Durham movie, probably wouldn't be a bad thing to watch. Um, but there's a lot of different things that are pushing markets around right now. Uh, we talked in, on past calls about this Black Sea Grain Initiative. Um, still not completely clear as to whether we have a 60-day deal or a 120-day deal. But uh, as I understand it, boats continue to roll out of the Ukraine, and uh, we have a deal for at least two months, if not a little bit longer than that. And I guess that's probably good enough for the market right now. Um, one of the other things that's, I think, finally got this corn market turned around a little bit is we've had a pretty good sized rash of uh, buying of corn for this crop year uh, from China. Now, you might wonder, what are the Chinese doing buying corn from us at this point with this, what looks like a record Safrina corn crop in the making? Well, it's probably some fill-in stuff uh, that they are going to get before that crop comes off. That won't be till we get out into May, a little bit later this summer, late spring and summer. And so they are buying product from here. Uh, different opinions as to whether that is stuff that they were going to buy anyway or if this is incremental business. But uh, we have had a rash of buying, and I think that's kind of the primary thing that has supported uh, uh, corn prices as well. We continue to see the funds, uh, the spec sell corn. I'll show you the CFTC slide here in just a little bit, but the spec is, uh, the, the CFTC is still a bit behind uh, getting their report up today. We were supposed to get up to date last Friday, and then they uh, called in with the dog ate my homework excuse. And so we're still at least a week behind on getting that data. But uh, it does look like we are uh, getting closer to caught up, and we do see the, the, the spec continues to sell corn. You know, we've had a, a couple bank failures. You guys probably saw the uh, the, the USB buying Credit Suisse uh, to try to shore things up. And I think the market is still quite on edge, trying to figure out if this is going to turn into a 2008 all over again, or God forbid worse, or we're going to be able to contain this. So uh, Fed has got a, a difficult task to do. Uh, speaking of the Fed, they actually are meeting today and tomorrow. We should have an announcement, uh, what, midday? One o'clock, something like that, Central Time or Eastern Time tomorrow. I don't remember exactly the timing, but uh, as we've mentioned on prior calls, the Fed is kind of stuck between a rock and a hard spot. Um, that rock and the hard spot is interest or the inflation situation would cause them to to want to continue to raise interest rates and tighten their balance sheet to try to control inflation. However, that is the primary cause. Uh, that's causing some of these bank failures, and and when you need when you have all these bank failures, especially if it gets to anywhere near 2008, the Fed actually had to step in, reduce interest rates, and flood the market with liquidity. So uh, those two items would cause the Fed to do two completely different and opposite uh, things, and that's the um, that's the difficulty that I think that uh, the Fed's going to have today. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what they decide uh, when they have their press conference tomorrow. Uh, another big driver, it's kind of, I think, something that's been driving vegetable markets for a while, but the energy markets continue to tank. Uh, they continue to head lower. I think, Scotty, what did you tell me? WTI was down to 64 and change this morning? No, no, actually yesterday morning. 
we we fell all the way down to 64. We haven't been that low since the uh, back in 21. Um, uh, we bounced before uh, the the trade was over yesterday, but we did kind of make a you know new uh, a very uh, a long multi-month low yesterday. Wow. Well, we'll talk a bit more about that. We've also got uh, uh, Xi, the peacemaker. Uh, Xi is apparently uh, in Russia or meeting with the uh, with Putin at some point. And uh, yeah, they went and, out for dinner last night. So yeah, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> so I don't know what the wheat market thinks of that, Scott. If you want to switch to the next slide, you can just kind of take us uh, right into that and uh, anything else that you might think that I missed on the uh, the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Well, yeah, so there's a lot of, of uh, you, you know, when you read all of the different articles and columns about the Black Sea Green Initiative, is it 60, is it 120, are they allowed to do 60? No, it has to be 120. Um, it, it's kind of a mess, uh, quite honestly. But at the end of the day, we, we, we know that we're moving forward, we're continuing to ship, uh, and we know that the deadline, at least uh, at a minimum, will will you know could be as soon as um, uh, um, a, uh, not May, April, but uh, May the uh, 18th, 60 days. Um, now Russia still says that they want all of these changes to their sanctions. Their um, they have now specifically asked for um, uh, you know entry back into the SWIFT banking system. That's one of their a big deals, and the other thing, you know, remains the uh, uh, the sanctions on uh, uh, insurance and logistics uh, for for getting their stuff out. Now they they claim it's all for ag exports, but they have, you know, they I think their December, January, and February exports year over year were up over twenty percent. So, um, you know, they're still getting their stuff out the door, but uh, I think it it gives them, uh, uh, you know, a, a measure of of control. Uh, somebody had asked me, you know, what does Russia really get out of this? And and honestly, the, my answer is control. Um, maybe there's a small measure of uh, international goodwill, and you know, they can claim that they're uh, helping uh, feed the world and and all that other stuff. But it really is control. They they are able to, in some ways, control one of Ukraine's uh, biggest exports, and that's ag exports. That's about 40% of their exports. And they're able to control that in some uh, uh, way, you know, without really, uh, w without uh, uh, shooting at ships in the Black Sea. So we shall see where yeah, it goes from there. Be, uh, I suppose. Um, I think the only other thing on this slide, you know, we, we talked about G in, in Russia. Uh, it's going to meet with Zelensky later this week, uh, advocating for peace. Uh, I don't know that the markets really are too interested in that at this point. I guess, Scott, you can talk a little bit more about any effects on the market when we get to the wheat slide. But um, markets are almost, the wheat markets almost seem like they're getting a little bit numb to some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much information. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, and as far as the Fed meeting, you could see there the odds. I mean, it looks like it's about a coin toss at this point. Um, remember, it wasn't but a few weeks ago before all these banks started tipping over. Uh, the market was pretty sure we were going to get a 50-point rate hike. Uh, right now, it's a coin toss between whether we get any hike at all or a 25-point rate hike. 
Um, some have even suggested a cut, but I don't know that the Fed will do that on this meeting. That would, uh, I think, scare the hell out of the market uh, because they would. Uh, the perception, I'm sure, would be that the Fed thinks this is worse than we are being told. So uh, that's what we're is looking it, for tomorrow afternoon. But it uh, it certainly will be interesting. This is almost one of those things where it's like no decision is better than making a decision. So we just are going to leave things as they are right now and not do anything and see how this all kind of plays out instead of start, you know, to fiddle with stuff too much. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a good point. I think that's kind of uh, that's kind of where we're at at this point. Probably sitting on your hands and waiting and watching wouldn't be a bad idea. But I guess that would be uh, armchair quarterbacking here from uh, from Phoenix or from Scottsdale. So. Mm -hmm. We've also we've been talking uh, for a long time about this big report coming out on the 31st. We'll talk more about it on our call next Tuesday. Uh, but we're going to get we'll get our not only our uh, March one quarterly stocks report, but also the ever important planning intentions report. So, again, we'll give you an update on that uh, next week. One of the next slide here, Scott. When you look at the corn market, it, it kind of finally rebounded a little bit here. I think we're finally getting to that spot where, you know, maybe it's gotten cheap enough at this particular point in time. I think the Chinese stepping in and buying uh, is a good, good signal for the market. Uh, we can argue all day long whether that dramatically changes the prospects uh, for U.S. corn exports this crop year. Remember, up until this little bit of a wave of buying here by the Chinese, uh, exports have really been very disappointing. They've been running about 40 percent behind last year's pace. So. We'll see if this turns into more business. We'll see if this turns into a, a faster pace that allows some of the analyst community and the, including the USDA to raise their export totals. But really, that is uh, the big news on that front. Scott, why don't you go to the next slide and talk to us about what's going on in the wheat markets? Well, prices have rebounded. You can see there at the top uh, week over week, we were up about 4% or so uh, last week. Peace and that's deal, just peach deal, huh? Right. I, and I, I think that just, you know, we had fallen for, for uh, you know, a couple, two or three weeks in a row. And I, I think we just need a bit of a breather. Um, so that that's kind of the, the, the big news there. A uh, couple of other call outs. Um, you know, we're, we're likely to uh, have our production fall a little bit this next year. Certainly, we won't have um, as big a crop in Ukraine. Uh, Russia is uh, you know obviously one of the big exporters in the world. We know they're going to be a little bit down from this that monster crop they had this past year. It's likely that Australia will be down, knowing that uh, we're moving out of the La Nina into the El Nino. Um, so you know we're kind of back to uh, if if things go according to Hoyle, we should see a little bit better crops in North America, but a lot of other places are going to be. Uh, uh, maybe steady or lower. Um, so the 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 thought is that we'll have a little bit lower production next year. I mentioned GMO wheat last week with uh, Brazil. Well, now there's another country. Indonesia has approved GMO wheat for human consumption. Now, obviously, they don't grow a lot of wheat over there, but they do eat a good bit of it. And they said, sure, bring it over. We'll eat it. Um, so again, I, I think this is another um a, another domino to fall on the whole gmo wheat thing and uh like i mentioned last week that cat is out of the bag and uh you know i would i would not be surprised if we have gmo wheat grown here in the states here in about two years um finally u.s winter wheat conditions looking just a little bit better um we went up to and 
Kansas. We went up six in Texas. Now, neither one of those are anything to write home about. Um, but, you know, you're, you're on the positive side there. Oklahoma only down one, still at 29%, good to excellent. Colorado down four, but 36, good to excellent. So things are feeling a, a little bit better. Uh, it's probably one of the reasons why we were trading a little bit lower on the markets yesterday. Are you a little so. bit surprised, Scotty, that, uh, you know, with, with uh, G's proposed peace deal, uh, that the markets were as strong as they were last week, or have we just kind of completely, like I said, have the markets become completely numb to a lot of that? I think they're kind of numb. Uh, I, I do. I think that's that's just a, a it's a bit of noise on the outside. I mean, honestly, um, G's calling for peace and and uh, uh, and and a ceasefire, and you know, our State Department is saying, hell no, we're not going to have a ceasefire. Um, so I, I think the market kind of tunes a lot of that out. At least that's my take. All right. Well, thank you. Um, as far as the soy complex goes, uh, you know, beans continue to uh, beans continue to tumble here a little bit, but bean oil is kind of finding its feet a little um, as meal falls. And you, know, you kind of when you look at these markets, I think you know we've showed you in the past uh, how in Enormously long the spec is soybean meal. Uh, I'm going to show you in a minute that they are still uh, record long soybean meal, or at least a, but as far as we're updated from the CFTC right now. But it almost looks to me like in the last week, as energy prices continue to fall, it almost looks like bean oil has kind of tried to find its feet down here uh, and has supported a little bit. So we'll see. But I think, uh, uh, you know, it's the old saying, even the worst markets don't go straight down. Um, you know, energy in the mid 60s to me looks a little bit cheap, uh, a little bit surprised we're lingering and have lingered there that this long, uh, just simply because the government has its prior stated purpose was to refill the strategic petroleum reserve at these prices. So you think you'd see the government stepping in and taking some of this excess off the market. But I think the, the really the biggest reason for the overall decline here is just uh, I think this. Banking turmoil situation, I think, has increased the likelihood, at least in the market's mind, that we're going to have a recession. Uh, as you know, historically, and as we pointed out many times on this call, uh, recession does not typically equal higher energy prices. Uh, it is almost always the exact opposite of that. So I think that's why uh, uh, that market is is reeling quite a bit. You know, we continue to look at this Argentine crop. I mean, Roger, at the conference, and I've heard speakers talk about a crop that's maybe even below 25 million metric tons. Uh, we'll have the combine start rolling here in, a, in another, oh, I guess another week or so, uh, and should start to get a little bit better idea. I think we've gotten a little bit of uh, uh, a harvest. I think Paige reported last week we were a, a couple percent harvested. So, um, But really outside of that, I think that's about all that's going on in the soy complex. And, uh, go to the next slide here for me, Scotty. Can you see that? Deck stuck there. No, I'm still looking at the soy complex slide. So maybe I got to. Oh, um, there we go. There we go. OK, go to the next one. Let's go to veg oils. I think we're. There you go. And I think in the veg oil markets, I really don't think that um, a lot has changed here. Uh, we have palm oil market continues to be part dead center or near dead center in the middle of that range that it's been in. Uh, canola, canola futures continue to uh, to tumble. 
Um, and but really outside of that, there's not a whole lot new to report. I think the biggest thing in the federal markets right now is just this weakness in not only U.S. energy prices, but global energy prices. I, I think that that's um, that's the big thing. I think when you look in the in the feed grain markets, especially the corn markets, it's the Chinese buying. I think when you look in the vegetable space, it's it's the energy markets. And, you know, as we've talked before, uh, those markets have just they've just been correlating pretty highly because of the whole biofuel margin situation. So. Is there anything, um, Dave, here, Scott, go to the, uh, what's that? Well, I was going to say, is there anything to make of that uh, that top bullet there? Uh, about Indonesia working on a futures exchange. And uh, presumably they're going to ask all of their palm oil exports, anybody that's selling palm oil out of the country to, are going to be required to, to use that. Uh, the, the article I read, maybe as early as June. Um, now, I guess I don't follow it as closely as you guys do, but the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, uh, the, the Keystone Cop way that they that they handle everything a year ago, um, that gives me some pause. But maybe it will give them a little bit of uh, stability too. You know, I think on the one hand, um, you know, for the world's largest federal producer uh, to have their own futures exchange is not the craziest idea I've ever ever heard of. The 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 fact that the government has made the comment that everybody they want all the exporters to use it is the concerning part because that obviously reeks of government control and another way to kind of control and manipulate the markets and you know you right. used the comment the keystone cops approach that the indonesian government uh, has taken to these markets uh, boy that is an understatement they have made some pretty large messes over the course of the last 12 months in the palm oil space so yeah, I don't know. I have a tendency to get a little bit nervous, but obviously the markets aren't overly worried about it at this point. And I think over the, as, as this story unfolds over the next two or three months, we'll uh, hopefully know more. But uh, yeah, right now, I don't think the markets know what to make of it. Okay. Go to the, go to the CFTC slide, if you, you would. I think that's the probably the next thing. That we, I'll tell you what, let's, why don't you hit the dairy stuff here first, yeah. and I'll talk well, about that before we get to weather. Yeah, so the big news this past week was February milk production. Um, kind of neutral to a little bit bearish on the actual production side. It was neutral, um, 17.7, billion pounds. That's lower certainly than what it was a month ago. Um, but remember it's February, so we don't have as many production days. Um, and when you look at it year over year, we were just shy of a percentage point higher year over year. So in line with what everybody was looking at, no surprises there. And we added cows. Um, that I suppose is probably more of the bearish side of the, the equation, 9.4 million head of, uh, of, of cows, uh, 12,000 more than a month ago, 37 more than a year ago. Um, you know, uh, kind of in line with expectations, but again, the, the, the largest monthly gain and the largest herd since last May. So that's where you get a little bit of a bearish tilt to things. Um, now I say bearish tilt, and as I move to the price slide, there's nothing bearish on the price slide. Uh, our spot prices were were uh, both up this past week for block cheddar as well as for butter. Now butter really hasn't gone too far, honestly, and you only had six lots trading. Um, cream supplies are a little bit tighter, but still about the same price. We've got ice cream and cream cheese 
uh, makers coming into the market. And so there's maybe not as much to go around there. Uh, on the cheese side of things, um, we saw, I mean, you see us there, we're just below two bucks again. That's the highest price we've been since January. Um, I, I think that, you know, when we were down in those 170s or so, we got a lot of interest uh, uh, in the marketplace, a lot of buyers. And I think that your fresh cheese, the stuff that gets traded on the spot, uh, those stocks are a little bit tight. And I think that's why we've moved up closer to two bucks. But otherwise, they haven't gone really uh, anywhere else. We, we've got plenty of milk. It's cheap. Uh, they're still running pretty strong. Um, you know, it, it's just that we've had a move up here uh, in not only spot, but our, our, our Q2 uh, uh, pricing. So um, now let's jump ahead and. I'm sorry, Dave. It, it is it is kind of a, a bit surprising that the uh, the herd is rising that quick because, as I recall, and I'm not the dairy expert on staff here, but as I recall, there was a big concern that the uh, the, the breeding herd. Um, and I know that was in beef cattle as well, but it didn't look like they were with the, holding enough heifers back. And um, I don't know; it's a little bit surprising. I think that everybody's been bracing for herd size to continue to shrink and. This is, isn't this two months in a row it's gone up? Yep. And and uh, Amy uh, Amy Smith at uh, AES, her projection for the year is that we're going to be down approaching 2% on the year from a, a you know breeding uh, herd. So, uh, yeah, when's the other shoe going to drop or, or will it? Yeah. So here's the CFTC as you were talking about. behind um we're still at least a week behind but two things i wanted to call out here look at the corn number first off corn is down to where there's just no chips on the table the spec really doesn't have a bet anymore in corn uh and then but look over to the look at wheat so the spec is on the short side on wheat but really not uh you know big position there in chicago not uh, not nearly as big in the other other markets and I would say real quick on wheat, I, I would say yeah. that this for this time of year to be that short is a bit out of character. Yeah. We're, we're well below the five-year averages on that. Yeah, that, uh, th that, is, uh, that is odd. And then when you look at the soy complex, look at the massive position that the spec continues to hold. That is continues to be record territory, over 30% of open interest. And I wonder when this, if the, uh, with the way meals kind of tumbled here in the last uh, week or so, I wonder if we're not going to see this, uh, find, finally find out that the spec is reducing uh, some of those positions. You can also see here the spec down to 4.3% of open interest. I think that that trend has been clear. They have been liquidating. Uh, that really, what has gotten to be earlier, uh, not that many weeks ago, a massive long position. They're down to where they don't have many chips there. And I think we'll see uh, that trend also continue here as we get more information from the CFTC. So jump to the weather slides, if you would. Um, and really, it's kind of more of the same here on the weather. I mean, it, if you look at that hole, you look at the Panhandle area, you look at uh, you look at the western third of Kansas. Um, Hardred winter wheat country is just uh, it's like it's got a dome over it. Um, we can't seem to catch any rain. And when you look forward, if you look at the I think the next slide is the uh, the soil moisture or actually it's the seven day forecast. Uh, really don't have a lot of rain chances there. We got some light green, but you're talking, uh, you know, lucky if we get a 10th or two out of that. 
And when you look at the soil moisture slides, I mean, they continue to look um, just like they have looked here in past weeks. I mean, we continue to be dry and hard red winter wheat country, but really the rest of the Corn Belt looks good. And I know that probably sounds like a broken record, but why I'm kind of hustling through the weather slides here a little bit. There just really isn't uh, what I would call a whole heck of a lot new. And then when you go to the, the second week out, the 6 to 10 and 8 to, day, uh, 8 to 14 day forecast slides, you know, more of the same there too, that hard red winter wheat belt that we need rain, you know, normal to below normal precip, pretty much everybody else in the 6 to 10 especially, uh, got some decent rain chances again. So sounds like a broken record here, but I think the market is is pretty happy with the moisture that we're going into uh, uh, spring planting with. That's the good news. Hard red winter wheat continues to be uh, the bad news. And and as we really have gotten into the habit of doing here lately, we're going to finish you up with South America. Um, when I saw this slide, when I saw this updated weather forecast, um, it's, you know, the, the thought that went through my head is, oh, sure, now it's raining in Argentina. I mean, we're to the spot where it really doesn't do any good, I don't think, at this particular point in time. But I guess it is what it is. The other part of the news here is we do have continue to get decent, good rainy season flows through Brazil. Uh, so that Safrina corn crop is still looking, uh, really still looking pretty good. And so that's what we have for you today, folks. Um, as always, we would love to hear from you. Feedback, questions, comments. Um, it would be good to hear from any of you. And as always, uh, and especially in these crazy commodity markets, be careful out there.